It's Monday, May 9th, and we're starting week three of our Oh So Miami series. Now, within two months of the day Sandy and I were married, we packed up everything we owned, which wasn't much for sure, and we drove from Miami to New Jersey. We were there so that I could complete a graduate degree. Now, while there and in the years after that we lived in New Jersey, we learned that many of our neighbors descended from immigrants that arrived in the United States toward the end of the 19th century. As the Statue of Liberty inscription reads, in part, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. These are the words that the great woman called the New Colossus says with her silent lips. And this is the welcome mat of the United States gracing New York Harbor. It is adjacent to Ellis Island, where so many arriving pilgrims found their doorway into a new freedom. Now, where we lived, we were among the descendants of these immigrants, those that could tell stories of life, where they had come from in Ireland or Italy and many other places. Here was the vision for this new country, a quilt of peoples from all over the world, gathered in a new experiment in freedom. Now this week we will look at the immigrant story of Miami and also learn how the Lord taught his people to view and treat immigrants among them. Here's our text for today, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 33 to 34. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not bring him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, it's amazing that this teaching appears so early in human history. At the time when Israel was being formed as a nation, national identity was strong and vibrant. National pride ran deep. Actually, the Hebrews, the descendants of Jacob, found themselves in danger as years passed in Egypt. Jacob and his children and their families had gone to Egypt to escape a famine in Canaan. Finding the life of Egypt beneficial, they remained and did not return to what was the land of promise. But as years passed, a new Pharaoh arose that did not favor the Hebrews. He included them in his slave labor force, employed to work on his great projects. But even then, the Hebrews prospered. As a tight-knit community, they grew, and with that growth, the king felt threatened. It was then that Pharaoh began a genocide campaign meant to eliminate the young Hebrew boys before they could reach maturity. It is here that the story of Moses begins. God arranged for Moses to be raised in Pharaoh's household, and he later returned to bring God's demand to Pharaoh to let the Lord's people go. Now imagine that you have lived this story. The sons of Jacob were refugees, then outsiders settling in a foreign land, and then they were slaves. You see, our scripture for today reveals God's instructions to his people once they have found their freedom. And notice how God commands them to treat foreigners, sojourners, who are in their land. God mandates justice 
rather than mistreatment. He says his people are not to treat them as strangers, but as their own people. Clearly, the Lord has a different view of human community. We tend to draw circles to keep people out, but here is God drawing an even larger circle to fit everyone in. And nothing like this was seen anywhere else in the world at this time. Yes, other countries included outsiders, but they used them for their purposes. Now, many years later, at the time of Jesus, as many as one out of every four people during the Roman Empire days were slaves. Outsiders became property, slaves to serve you and at your disposal. But God's people were not to be like that. And in the text, we find these astounding words, For you shall love him as yourself. Again, this was unthinkable at the time God gave these commands. And in many ways, it's almost unthinkable today. This is the dilemma for followers of Jesus. How are we to live as God calls us to live in such a diverse city where every day we feel the pressures of immigration? Well, first we have to consider our way of thinking. In New Jersey, where we lived for 16 years, nearly all of our neighbors had come from Italy, or at least their parents or grandparents had. They traced their family's arrival to the U.S. in the late 1880s, or maybe even around 1900. But we also recognize that we too are immigrants. My family first moved to the New World in 1683 and settled on a piece of land in what is now North Carolina. My parents arrived in Miami in 1955, and at the time they settled in Miami Shores, but later they moved south to what is now Palmetto Bay. Today I have children living in Louisiana, and in Oregon, and in South Korea, almost halfway around the world. You see, we are a people on the move. It has always been that way. So the way of thinking we have is that in a sense we are all refugees. As Mary and Joseph were forced to flee to Egypt to protect Jesus after he was born, they too had a refugee experience. This causes our heart to go out to those that are uprooted because of politics or danger. Many of us have been there. And this is how we can come to love sojourners as ourselves. But second, we can only do this if we have our security and hope in God. We all want peace and safety. Each of us is looking for a place where we will fit in, where we will belong. And that is what our congregation is meant to be, a refuge and a shelter. And third, we can have this attitude if we are looking for our true home, but, but we know that this home is found in God alone. We know that this is not our ultimate destination, that the house of the Lord is our true home, and it's in his presence. Would you pray together with me? God of grace and God of glory, remind us each day that our home is, is in you. Give us grace to welcome the stranger. Teach us your way of love. Walk among us, and in us build a new community in Jesus, one not built on power or force, but built on service and sacrifice. For in the name of Jesus we pray, Amen.